0: to the hydration podcast series where we talk all things hydration. In each episode of this four-part series, I will be joined by an expert in the field of hydration to discuss their research and what it means for our own hydration habits. I'm very excited to pick the brains of a range of speakers as they address the topic from different perspectives, from physiology to health and habits. So if you've ever wondered if you should be drinking more, worried about the amount of sugar you drink, or interested in tips and tricks to get more water into your life, this podcast is for you. Could there be a link between water consumption and obesity? In the previous episode, Professor Evan Johnson explained how low water consumption can impact our lives as we age. But what about the health consequences that are present throughout our whole lives? Are water consumption and obesity related? Professor Richard Johnson, not a relation of Professor Evan Johnson, from the University of Colorado, is joining us today to discuss this point. Aside from a mere 700 or so publications and experience lecturing in over 40 countries, Richard has written two books. His books, The Sugar Fix, published in 2008, and The Fat Switch, published in 2012, draw on key learnings from his research in obesity and what his findings mean for us. Today, Richard's the Thomas Burl Professor of Medicine at the University of Colorado. His primary research interest is mechanisms causing kidney disease, but he has also researched obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. Welcome, Richard. Thank you. So what is the relationship between water and fat? that's a great question.
1: Uh, So normally we don't think of fat and water as being related because most of us haven't, you know, investigated this or think about this. We think of fat as something that is an unfortunate consequence of overeating and and exercising too little. Uh, But in in the wild, uh, fat turns out to be a very, very important uh, source of energy. And so uh, animals will use fat to help produce energy when food's not available. Now, it's been known for a long time that fat is not just a source of calories or of energy that can be burned to generate calories to help you uh, when when uh, times are rough. But when fat is metabolized, it also produces water. And that water can be very critical for animals who may be in situations where there's not much fresh water available.
0: Ah, so there is a relationship there and we can use fat to create water. And you mentioned there are a couple of examples of animals. What can we learn from the animal kingdom? Well, many,
1: many things. So uh, our group has been very interested in how animals use fat to survive. And it's uh, well known, for example, that um, bears, for example, will uh, put on a large large amount of fat in the fall before they hibernate. And that fat provides them uh, important sources of calories and of energy. But many of these animals, uh, when they're on when they're long-distance migration or when they're hibernating, are also not getting any water. And it turns out that the fat, when they burn it, is producing some water for them as well, so that the, uh, it can be critical for them. Now, it turns out that there are a couple of situations where fat is really important for uh, providing metabolic water. And one is in the desert. So in the desert, there, there's, of course, very little water available. And so animals, it's sort of ironic, but many, many desert animals will become fat to help protect them from uh, dehydration. So it turns out that in nature, fat is a source of both energy and water, and animals are using it all the time. So it, it can be a very important way to help them survive.
0: I've heard of camels keeping fat in their humps instead of water, but I'd never known the science behind it. So how might this all apply to humans?
1: So it's been known for a long time that obesity in humans is associated with dehydration. So people who are obese tend to have um, evidence from their blood tests that they're slightly dehydrated. So the the serum osmolality, which is a reflection of um, how much salt you have in your blood, tends to be higher in people with obesity, suggesting they're not drinking enough water.
0: And your research has explored this relationship between hydration and obesity. Specifically, you revealed how consuming too little water and too much salt can lead to increased fat storage and obesity in mice. It's incredible to hear that how much we drink could make such a big difference when it comes to obesity. Your research looks at salt, and of course, we're all aware of the role of sugar in obesity.
1: Yes, so um, there there are hundreds, literally hundreds of studies that have linked soft drink intake and sugar intake with the development of obesity um, and with the development of metabolic syndrome.
0: And given that most of us are reasonably familiar with being told that high sugar diets are of a concern and that high salt intake is probably not good for our health, do you think that we're doing enough to talk about the role of hydration, given that your research has shown such an important role for hydration in this pathway?
1: Yes, I mean, so there's been this thought that obesity is associated with dehydration. But I think uh, the general feeling in the community has been that we should stay hydrated, but that hydration itself is probably not going to have a major role on on reducing weight. I think that that... Uh, thinking is changing as we realize that dehydration is a stimulus for fat production. And so we actually have done some studies where we've given sugar to animals. And uh, we, if we give, if we increase their water intake, we can block or slow the the development of obesity. It's really quite remarkable. We can slow not only the production of the development of obesity, but we can slow the development of of, uh, insulin resistance and fatty liver. And
0: many other aspects of the metabolic syndrome. It's fascinating to see how strong this effect has been in your work, and it will be interesting to see how it behaves in humans in the coming years. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today, but before you go, each episode I'm asking our guest for one tip or piece of wisdom for our listeners. Richard, what's your take home message? My take-home message is that obesity really represents a dehydrated
1: state. To manage obesity, we should not just be thinking about calorie intake and exercise, but we need to think about increasing our water intake and staying in a well-hydrated
0: state. Thank you for joining us, Richard, and good luck with your future research. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please listen to our final episode where we will be speaking to Dr. Esther Pappies from the University of Glasgow about the psychology behind drinking habits. And finally, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Hydration for Health and Twitter at H4H Initiative for more science-based hydration information.